Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I'm the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. If you would like to be a part of the show, you can always contact me on any of the contact links in the description of the fine program, or you can call the listener hotline at 303-832-0217. And you never know what you're going to hear before you leave your message. Uh, anyway, how often do you wash your car? Do you do it yourself or do you go somewhere? The gas station, the self-wash, the full service place. Well, I wash my car more often in the winter time than the summer because all that road salt and the, and the goop that gets splashed up on your car and under the car, I want to get the, all, of, all of that stuff off. But you can't do that in all places in the country. Denver's a little bit more unique in that way where we do have some decent weather during the winter time to wash your car. Now, I've never explored this topic of car washing in depth, and, and since, uh, well, car washes are transportation-related, it's perfect for this show. So I invited Christian Seam. He's the chief stores officer of Spotless Brands, basically representing a group of several car washes, including Cobblestone, Oki Express, Flagship, and Ultimate Shine, to be here on the show. Christian, thanks so much for being here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Hey, thanks so much, Jason. I really appreciate the opportunity. Looking forward to our conversation here today. All right, Christian. Before we get into the car wash business, I, I really want to know how you got into the car wash business. I, I doubt this is something, as, as you were a kid, 10, 12 years old, going, man, I can't wait to work in the car wash industry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny you say that. Um, I I have actually been in retail, both consumer goods and the service side, uh, my entire career. And for the last 15 years or so, I have been in the aftermarket automotive space. And, and I'll just tell you kind of a quick aside, you know, I made a transition right out of consumer electronics um, during the recession and said, you know, there's a big, there's a big dynamic between, you know, being in a business where, you know, you sell what people want, and what people need. And so when you, you look at, you know, consumer electronics, you know, hey, I, I want that big screen, but I don't need it. Um, but I absolutely, I need to ensure that I'm taking care of my vehicle. You know, for many people, it's their second largest investment, you know, behind their house. And so I started out in auto parts um, and, and was there running a couple of hundred locations uh, for an organization, Advanced Auto Parts. And then from there, transitioned into the service side where I was running over 750 auto repair locations across the U.S. under the national tire brand and, and tire kingdom, and, um, and then got into car washing. It was, it was kind of funny, Jason, because, you know, that, that joke that says, Jason, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. My answer was always, I want to get into car wash. And the opportunity <laughs> came up a couple of years ago. Um, and, and certainly, uh, have really enjoyed the ride. So was, uh, uh, prior to this worked for an organization, ICWG saw that to a, uh, transaction and then, um, started out with spotless brands two and a half years ago, Jason, we had 24 locations in one state and now we are pushing 150 in, uh, in 11, uh, 11 states. So we, um, we're, we, we've seen a, a real Herculean amount of growth and, and really proud of the team and the leaders that uh, have been able to, to leverage that. Yeah. And, and as you said, it has to be somewhat recession proof because people always have their cars and they are always getting dirty. And I've always thought you want to be in an industry where people need to have things done. They're always going to have to have their hair cut. They're always going to need toilet paper. They're always going to need to eat. They're probably going to always need to wash their car. 
A hundred percent. To your point, you know, when you look at the cost of vehicle ownership right now, it averages about $941 a month. So said differently, that's about $11,300 a year. Now, you know, you, you take into account, you know, your payment, you take into account, you know, the, the cost to service it. And again, I'll go back to, to the point just made, right, around the size of that investment. People want it to look good. And, and so when you think about the service level that we are out there offering, we are definitely seeing a transition away from that DIY, that do it yourself. There's not, just think about this, right? The last time you drove down your, the streets of your neighborhood, how often can you remember seeing somebody out there with a hose and a sponge and a bucket washing their own car? It's just, it's yeah. Only kinda, once that, because my neighbor, Ned Flanders, basically is the same. <laughs> he is, he's a total Ned Flanders and he does wash his car by, by hand. Every, every that, single week. That's a right. But he's the what? only one. He's the only one. He's the only one, right? So, yeah. so we all know that guy, but it's kind of like oil change, right? If, you know, I can go and, and I can buy an oil change and do it myself for $29.99 or for $39.99, I can, I can have it done professionally. I mean, so it, it's the same thing. You know, for us, we, we try and, and really rally around a couple of things, right? We want to make sure that we're outputting a car that's clean, dry, shiny, and we want to do it quickly. We want to do it fast. And, and that just really is seen as a, as a very positive in the eyes of our customers that, that count on us across all of our brands that you referenced at the front side of today. I would think that you would have most of your competition. Obviously, there's other car, you know, the self-car washing places where you drive your car through and, you know, it does its thing. We'll talk more about that in a bit. But I would think most of your competition comes from the little booths where it's just the uh, a building with four or five holes and you, and you drive in and you get the sprayer and you get your magic wand brush and, and you're doing it yourself. That has to be probably your only competition, right? I have to tell you that that's a great question because, you know, we look out over the hood and, you know, you say to yourself, well, there's a lot of building and construction that's going on for these express tunnels because they represent, you know, speed, convenience, location, and all the things we discussed. The, the, the primary, right, has been historically your self-serve bays. And then what you just referenced, Jason, which is we, we call it an in-bay automatic. So, you know, your car is stationary and the equipment goes around it, whereas with ours, our tunnels are, you know, pulling the vehicle through various stages of the wash um, where the brushes and the chemicals can react in a real positive outcome for the customer. And, and ideally, it's going to take, you know, roughly three minutes. And then we offer optionality from us finishing it, you know, the interior to the customer uh, doing it themselves. And, and we're seeing a, a large amount of customers that want that optionality in the markets that we play in. Um, and so we, we try and intersect both of those. But uh, you, you definitely have an over-indexed amount of in-bay automatics that just frankly don't do the job that customers really expect. And once they come through a car wash like an express tunnel, the, the difference there, there really is none to compare to. And, and so we are capturing a greater share of customers that uh, didn't have that optionality in the past. My guest is Christian Seam. He's the chief stores officer for Spotless Brands, a group of several car washes, including Cobblestone, uh, with locations both here in Colorado and down in Arizona. Speaking of all these different kind of car washes, there are 
all kinds of the different ones. And when I go to one, whether it's yours or somebody else's, I, I don't know exactly what I'm going to be getting into when I when I get into that a little groove that's going to and, and the little ball that's going to be pushing my car along the way. Some of the brushes are rubber and some are nylon and some are cloth and some look like plastic. Is, is there one better for cleaning than another and one maybe that is less damaging to the, the car's paint than another? Yeah, it's a great question, Jason. There's a there's a variety of different brushes that we use. And so in the express car wash industry, which are the tunnels that we just described versus the other the other formats, there's several different types and materials that we use. And and depending on the application, in some cases, uh, you know, it, it comes down to preference based on the type of dirt that you're actually cleaning off a vehicle. And so I'll elaborate a little bit more. So um, you know, if, if I look you know, vehicle comes in and we engage with wheel brushes. Now, these are very coarse, uh, typically longer bristled nylon brushes. These are specifically designed to hit that wheel and that tire um, where where that dirt and that brake dust, you know, really, uh, you know, uh, builds up. So um, they are built and designed to only make contact with this area. So the stiffness of the bristles doesn't uh, risk or even contact any of the rest of the vehicles finished, but it is necessary to remove um, that dust, that grime, and and it starts loosening up a lot of that 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 gunk in that wash process. Next, it moves to side wraps. Now, these are vertical spinning brushes. Um, we use either neoprene or felt cloth, and they're used to clean the front, the sides, and the back of the vehicle. Uh, all of our car washes have at very minimum one set, most two and some, some three. It depends on a couple of factors, Jason, uh, from the tunnel length, um, you know, to again, the area. And, and again, it, it cleans the front, the back. Those are typically the, the more difficult areas within a tunnel to clean. Um, the more we have, the better the, uh, the, the process. And then we go to a top brush. Now these are horizontal spinning brushes. These are used to clean the hood, the roof, the trunk of the vehicles. Uh, if it's a truck, pickup truck, I'll say, right, typically these brushes will retract um, when passing over that truck bed. We do this just because not, not just to safety reasons, but there's there's always, no matter what, we you know we always want to ensure a clean bed, but there's typically some small debris, and, and we want to make sure that, uh, you know, that the material used for these brushes uh, is is doing the job that it needs to without getting getting too deep and, and flinging up some of that debris. And then, and then you've got mitter cloths. And so mitters are used as, a, as a, either a substitute or they're used in parallel with the top brush I just mentioned. So these are long rectangular sections of soft woven cloth. And, and I'd ask you to think about like pile carpet. Right. Um, they move back and forth or they move side to side over the car as it's going through the cleaning process. They typically move at a much lower speed than that spinning top brush. And they are really designed, I'll say, to kind of uh, mimic that hand wash that Ned Flanders does out in the, yeah, <laughs> in right. the driveway, right? Um, and then finally, you go through uh, tire shine brushes. These are these are at the end of the process. They are short bristled. They're medium to coarse nylon brushes, and they're used to apply a tire dressing to that clean wheel um, right at the end of the wash. They're they're coarse on purpose it ensures that they last for a very long time and they do not risk scratching the finish due to their very low placement to the ground so they won't they won't touch any part of the vehicle itself and i'll say this jason just a quick note about that i've been talking about the neoprene and the and the the felt right so um felt 
if I break it down, does a great job in the cleaning process because it, it absorbs a lot of those cleaning agents. And that helps ensure a real thorough application to the cars it's going through. But the durability, frankly, it's, it's fairly short, depending on our volume. And volume is, is car count, all right, in, uh, in, our, in our world. So uh, depending on the volume, it can last anywhere between, you know, six to nine months. Uh, where you get into neoprene, this is more the standard uh, today in the wash industry. This material is designed, it's very slick, and it does not catch dirt. Uh, and or debris and it's got a much greater longevity you depending on volume again you can get one to two years out of this and so while it's it's not as absorbent as the felt i mentioned you know today's wash chemicals and what we use in our formulation um and their ability to adhere to the vehicle itself that really eliminates the issue and, and we are able to deliver a very uh clean vehicle and again you know clean dry shiny and, and we can do it quickly but that felt if it's already absorbed the first car and then my car comes through next and then the next one next i mean it's it's car after car after car so it's all it's not like i have a chance to wring it out and then rinse it with regular water i mean it's just getting the same chemicals over and over and over and it's it's just totally soaked absorbed all those chemicals and then just keeps going from one car to the next it does and two things i'll say so one is that that actually helps in the process um, when you think about um, the chemicals and you know there's there's different parts of the process you want those chemicals to stay on the on the vehicle a little bit longer and then other components where you you want that off so in this case it's a real benefit because that that soap and those chemicals that are activating with the the dirt and the grime that's on the vehicle um, it helps in that process the second thing is that we have a very strict process that you know starts out on a day-to-day -day basis um, in the morning depending on volume midday and then at close where we'll go through and inspect all the brushes we'll inspect all the motors to ensure that all of that equipment is operating the way that it should so there's no part of that process in the tunnel that's being compromised doesn't do anybody any good if jason takes yeah. his car through and and, you know, there's a there's a part of the wrap that needed to be uh, replaced on the left side of the car and it, and it comes out super clean on the right. Yeah. Um, we're we're very, uh, very focused and vehement about, um, you know, our our standard operating procedures and ensuring that we are providing a consistency to that customer experience and, and that uh, it's predictable, consistent and clean. My guest is Christian Seam, the chief stores officer of Spotless Brands, talking about car washes and how they work. It, it has to be really e either maddening or frustrating or maybe somewhere in between to try to figure out all the different makes and models of cars and SUVs and then be able to clean all the nooks and crannies. I have uh, a Chevy Volt and on the back of it, it has this little weird lip on the back. So it never cleans perfectly right under that thing or on the back of the car. It, it, and I'm sure it's like that in, in, in a lot of different vehicles. It is. There is no, uh, I'll call it a magic bullet, Jason. You know, I think if there was, if there was one supreme answer here within the industry, everybody would, would be using that. But to your point, different designs, makes, models, years, lengths of vehicle, widths of vehicle. Um, and then couple that, as I said earlier, with um, what type of dirt am I, am I cleaning, right? You know, Arizona, is a, a certainly a different climate and a different dirt than you'll find in Oklahoma City, right? Where it's more of that red clay and, and requires, you know, some, uh, you know, different steps in the process. You know, for, for us, we want to provide 
the optionality so that we are doing as much and all the work that we can in that tunnel. But then post tunnel, when the customer exits um, and we've got, you know, the, the vacuums that are lined up for their use, you know, we also provide a, a litany of options there ranging from, um, you know, some, some cloth that they can, you know, finish drying, maybe that cowl that you're discussing right, right. there where, you know, you, 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 you know, again, you know, you know, it, it'll come out, you know, 97, 98% dry, but Hey, you know, this is how we help get the rest of the way there as well as uh, compressed air that, you know, people like to use to clean out the cracks and, and blow the trash right out of the car and in the hard to reach places. And then finally, you know, uh, glass and interior cleaner options as well. So yeah, I think customers really appreciate that. And you've got some that, you know, and I'm not one of these, I'll just say, Jason, that keep a very clean car. Yeah. And so the need to use the inside isn't as much. Right. Um, and then you got people like me and, and um, that, you know, my gosh, uh, you know, certainly uh, I'm not the model of, uh, of keeping the interior clean, right. There's typically French fries <laughs> crushed in between the seats, et cetera. So I like the optionality as do a lot of our customers. It's, it's like a, if I was talking to uh, somebody who owns a several McDonald's and then they occasionally, they just like to go to Chick-fil-A all the time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you know, you have a, there's also the, obviously you're talking about the brushes and all that stuff, but you have, uh, maybe not you guys, but there are the touchless ones as well. And I think they're mainly at gas stations. I, I never like those because I, I don't think they wash as good as something touching the car, a scrubber like we've been talking about. Like, like when you're washing your dishes, you don't just sit it under the water. You, you got to use a brush of some sort to get the stuff <laughs> off. You know, you bring up a great point. Friction is critical in the cleaning process, as is the right chemical mix, and then ensuring you've got a good balance of both. To your point, in a process that is completely touchless, it is depending on a frictionless environment. It is that in-bay automatic, typically, that you just described, um, and it, it is, you know, high-pressure water um, chemicals and a high pressure rinse. And then, you know, most, <laughs> most people come out like, like to your point, Jason, and yeah. they're not really that happy right. when you don't introduce some of those components that really require friction, whether it be on the wheels, you're not going to get baked on brake dust off of a metal wheel just by high pressure rinse. I mean, I, you know, many, many have tried, but again, that optionality in an in-bay automatic, there is, it's really incomparable. We don't, um, look at that as an analog from a comparison perspective. If I look at an in-bay automatic versus any of the tunnels themselves, and that's industry standard. It's not just for spotless. Um, and, and, yeah. I, and I think you mentioned this briefly there, but, but there are all kinds of things, as you said, from Arizona to Oklahoma to here in Colorado to Tennessee to, to New England, but there's all kinds of different things that can get stuck to your car. Not only just the chemicals and the road grime and the oils that are on the roads, but there's bird poop and tree sap and all kinds <laughs> of different crap, right? Is there, there has to be some kind of a special mix of soaps and, and solvents that, that probably work better than others. And, and I wonder if you have like a lab that you're testing all these different things saying, well, this one is going to work, or we have a special, uh, you know, super special chemical formula now that, that is going to clean every car perfectly. Yeah. So let me, let me back up a step because to your point, you know, you, you talked about kind of that road grime and the, just the goop that, that gets on your car in general. And, and I, you know, listen, it, it happens, you know, from a seasonal perspective, there's regionality dynamics to it. Um, but, you know, outside, I think for most customers, just the poor aesthetics and the threat of somebody writing, wash me on the filth that builds <laughs> right. up on the car, right? You know, 
there's a, there's a ton of different things that can have uh, a deteriorating effect on your car's finish. And, and I mean, I, I can rattle off a couple of examples, but like, you know, here we came out of a, a pretty rough fall, right? And when leaves fall and they're damp and they hit your car, they leach out acidic tree sap. And it's this sap that ultimately can damage, as an example, the surface of the vehicle to the point of staining it. Um, the, the, you know, one of the reasons why the leaves contain tannins and those tannins dye the surface if left unchecked of that vehicle's finish on a permanent basis. There's a, there's a ton of other stain examples, Jason, but I mean, you already said bird droppings, um, what we like to call, you know, bug impacts. Okay. Right. But <laughs> we all know what that is, right? Um, they, they're obviously going to have, you know, the same, uh, impact and effect in a vehicle's exterior, the, you know, failing to, to act, you know, reasonably quickly to get this goop off. It, it will over time absolutely have an impact on that vehicle's finish. So when you, you think about how we get that off and, and, you know, is there, is there a, you know, a magic chemical mix? We're, we're constantly working with our vendor partners to ensure that we've got the right mix based on uh, the geographic, the regionality, the seasonality, and ensuring that we've got the right combination of, of the, you know, various surfactants and, and a lot of those chemicals that have different pH levels that really do um, the hard work in the vehicle cleaning along with the brushes I described. So I'm going to break down a few yeah. just in the, in the chemical process overall, right? Sure. When, when Jason comes in the tunnel, the process starts with a pre-soak application. And this is typically a, a higher pH product. And it is designed and formulated to loosen some of that stubborn dirt that we talked about. And it is this alkalinity of the product that is counteracting with things like the, uh, the acidity of that tree sap that I just talked about, or that, that, you know, that bug impact or that residue, right. Uh, left over from, you know, the, the bird poop and, and a lot of those other things that'll stain the vehicles. And then we hit the wheels and these are typically sprayed out in two steps. First, we have a uh, specially formulated high pH chem that also loosens. I mentioned earlier that brake dust, that road grime. And then we followed up with a low pH product that will neutralize that higher uh, pH product that we just applied. This aids again and loosens up a lot of that brake dust and grime. A foam wall is then applied and that is a neutral pH. So this doesn't interfere with any of the previously applied chems in the steps. And this is the first detergent to begin the wash process. Then we go and apply lube soap to the brushes. This is a higher pH product and it makes sure that the brushes, as your vehicle's going through, are well lubricated, removes a lot of that dirt that we just loosened up and does so without any excess friction. And then we apply low pH foam detergent. So these are being agitated by the brushes and the wraps we just talked about, removes that loosened dirt that have built up on the vehicle's finish. And we contact all areas of the vehicle. I mentioned the front, the top, sides, the back. And these are, again, these brushes are designed so that they're scrubbing uh, you know, the right areas of the vehicle at the right time. The soap in this step also neutralizes the effect of that high uh, pH, that pre-soak, right? And uh, in that, that soap we talked about. And then after a thorough rinsing and we apply some of the waxes, sealants, uh, ceramics, and then a drying agent, this really brightens up. And if the customer opted in, protects the finish of the vehicle. Um, after this application, the vehicle is rinsed with, uh, with RO water. And this, this helps ensure that we have a, 
uh, again, a clean, dry, shiny, fat, uh, you know, dry, dry car delivered quickly and spot free. Do, do you use filter the rinse water or is it just right from the tap? No, it's a good question. We definitely do. We use reverse osmosis water. And again, that reverse osmosis process really removes, um, you know, a lot of the chlorine and, and some of the uh, chemicals there. Um, we, we push, you know, our reverse osmosis systems will, you know, perform through a pre-filter. It forces water through a, a membrane. It, it removes all of those, um, that sediment, chlorine, et cetera. Um, and then we, we will reuse, in addition to that, uh, roughly about 70% of the water um, in the process itself. So you take all that wastewater that's coming down and reuse that. How do you get the chemicals and get the water back clean again? Yeah, so it's a good question. You know, in, in the lion's share of our car washes, Jason, the water is recycled through a water reclaim system. And, and really, you know, in this day and age, it's not just the, you know, it, it's, it's not the easiest to get, you know, some of these built in certain municipalities. They want to know that, you know, we're doing the right thing by our customers and the environment. And for us at Spotless, we always, you know, adhere and advocate um, on, on being, you know, as user-friendly for the customer and certainly for the environment and, and leave the smallest footprint, po you know, completely possible. So that as we go through and we stand up these reclaim systems, the way this is designed, that wastewater that you talked about drains off the car. And then all that tunnel that we sprayed, all the chemical applications and all that goes into a specially designed trench. And that water then moves through a settlement process. And it's similar to the way a septic system works. And this, this allows for that debris, that the chems, the dirt, that grit to settle out of that water. And then we take that water and we filter it and we pump it back into the car wash where it's reused in some di different elements of the cleaning process, undercarriage, car, you know, wheels, et cetera, in that tunnel. And, and again, I mentioned earlier, we will typically um, reuse 70% of the water in all of our car washes. We've got, we've got some technologies out there now that, that we're testing where we've gotten that, that number up to, uh, to as high as 90 plus percent. Well, that's pretty remarkable. Really remarkable. Um, my guest is Christian Seam, is the chief stores officer of Spotless Brands, and you can uh, go to one of their car washes, their Cobblestone, Oki Express, Flagship, and Ultimate Shine. You can also visit them at uh, spotlessbrands.com. Uh, is there a formula about how fast a car should travel through the wash? Do you look at how the speed for some cars, and is it better to go faster or slower? Great question, Jason. There's there's no perfect answer to this question. You know, once upon a time in the very old days um, with chain conveyor technology, you know, I think there was this adage that, hey, as long as my formula is between, you know, 80 to 120 percent of my tunnel length, that that would suffice that, you know, the dynamic today. And we just talked about it is, you know, cars are not built the same, um, you know, ranging from the lengths of cars. So, you know, what we try and do you know, is we, we start with the conveyor itself. And listen, technology behind the conveyor itself has has been changing as well. So really, you've got your chain conveyor and you got your flat belt. And it's been migrating more to that flat belt. With a chain conveyor, you've got rollers that need to be set so that the cars have enough space in between each one so they don't run into each other. And typically, we put this distance at about three and a half feet between cars. So we time that accordingly. And with a flat belt, there's less complexity for the customer and it's much easier for them to drive onto. I don't need to worry about lining it up as much 
I don't even need to necessarily to have the, 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 the tires straight. Um, in this case, you know, spacing can get tighter and thus speed can be increased considerably. And we can run flat belts, you know, 180, 200 plus cars an hour with zero compromise to that quality of wash. Wow. Now, ultimately, at the end of the day, you, what you're really looking for is you want the best speed that you can run, you know, your conveyor, whether it's a chain or a flat belt, so that, you know, the equipment and the chemicals are able to produce a clean car and not lower any quality of wash because you've increased speed. Um, and you also don't want to slow it down so much, Jason, that maybe you're putting on too many chemicals that really you're just wasting. You don't, you don't need to, you know, put on too much. So it is, it is kind of that, that perfect balance. And we work very closely to ensure that we're adjusting those speeds to optimize that quality at the end of the day. So it's clean, dry, shiny, and fast. And, and speaking of some of those chemicals, I, I've, I, I never go into a wash and say, I want the wax because I, I don't really think it works. I mean, I, I don't, I need to be like Biff from back to the future and, and hand and hand rub it in two coats in, into the car. Right. It, it can't just pour on my car and there's the wax. I, I love it. And I, I, I'm very, I've seen the movie like 10 times. So I'm laughing here as well. Cause I, I, I see the vision, right? Yeah. So the short answer is no, don't need Biff, you know, grinding it out right in the hood of the car. I, I would say, especially today, Jason, with modern ceramic products, you know, you've got, um, you, you've got a lot more optionality, right? So when you think about some of the ceramic finishers or waxes, they're really just polymers that adhere to the surface of the car and then protect that vehicle's clear coat. And this, this chemical product adheres in layers. So really, the more that you use it, the more protection it's building up and offering on the surface of your car, you'll see a dynamic difference. Um, so I should be waxing your, every time I come through there. I should be waxing and waxing the whole time. You, you should. And I, I have to call out, there's a difference here. So like you look at these different chemicals, right? Within all our waxes, not just ceramic, that will uh, really to get that shine, which what are you doing? You're just trying to prevent hazing. So Carnuba, which is typically our best wax, that offers an absolutely great shine and it doesn't haze, right? But it lacks that durability and the protection that ceramic is going to give you. Ceramic is going to give you that great shine, but it's also going to build up those layers of protection. So, you know, the question is, do you want it shiny? If you want it shiny and protected, and that's where that ceramic optionality has come in. That's been very popular with our customers. And we see a much greater majority opting in for that. Because again, if there's a rainstorm and I'm parked next to Jason's car, and you've got it, and it's built up over a series of months that you've been using it, washing frequently once once a week, et cetera, versus me that has not, you'll immediately see a difference. And that water will be right off of that car, and it will not on mine. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's something that you just say, hey, you know, you don't have to, you know, take the word for it or the car wash, but, you know, you can actually see the difference in, in how it provides that level of protection, Jason. All right. Well, I guess I'll tell Biff to go home then. Um, <laughs> my, my, uh, will you ever convince, I mean, I would think that it's more average cars that are coming through there, maybe some nicer cars, but probably you're not seeing a McLaren or a really nice Corvette coming through your car washes, right? Uh, it's a great question. We actually see a ton of different vehicles ranging from, you know, the, the, the 1982 Chevy Citation, right, to the, to, to the McLarens and, and, you know, Ferraris and Lamborghinis and, and Rolls Royce. And, and, you know, listen, I would tell you that different vehicles um, 
require a different option. And so I'll give you a great example. I mentioned before, you know, there's there's car washes that we run that have the chain conveyor chain technology. Um, and then there's ones that we run that have a flat belt in a chain. I don't offer the clearance for an exotic that is lowered to the ground or even a larger uh, truck like a dually. Right. Um, to be able to use that facility because it, it frankly isn't designed to, to fit on that conveyor. In a flat belt, I've got the ability to say yes to that many more cars. And so you'll see, you know, oftentimes in, in some of these enthusiast groups, you know, they'll call out where the right car wash is that have this optionality. So I can, I can drive, you know, gently my exotic sports car onto a flat belt and, and, and thus that, you know, that lowered vehicle can get a really nice, uh, nice finish and a nice clean out of that. Um, in a, in a quick way. So yeah, there's, you're, you're definitely seeing that now, you know, look, you're, you, you have all types, right. Um, and, and I would tell you that we've got a, you know, kind of our own brag book, if you will, of all vehicles that have, that have come through that are, you know, one-offs and exotics and, and everything in between. And, and really it just helps these customers become better, you know, and more focused advocates for, for us and the brand that they choose to, to associate with under spotless. Are, are there some cars though, that, that you've seen problems with maybe on a recurring basis, getting damaged. I I, I asked this cause my brother-in-law who I was talking to about, uh, it, when I was speaking to you and he said that he, he goes, or he used to go to waterway, uh, which is another competitor around Metro Denver. Uh, but they wouldn't let him bring his older, I think it's, uh, 2005, maybe a uh, Jeep Wagoneer. Uh, because he says that there could be uh, some issues with those cars going through the washes. Do you have some problems or, or some cars that you'd say, uh, no thanks? So there are a small handful of vehicles that I'll, I'll tell you um, as they come out, you know, we're very quick to recognize maybe flaws in the, in the manufacturer's design. And then, and then how to go around it. You know, Tesla's as an example, when they first came out, we're, we're pretty notorious for every, every alarm bell and whistle going off until they introduce car wash mode. They, they literally have car wash mode for that reason. Um, in the case of the, of the, the Jeep Wagoneer, um, there's a series of years that uh, it, it has, it had the tendency to uh, put itself out of neutral and into drive. And that really impacted the safety of the, of the folks that were working in the tunnel. So, um, you know, we're, we're pretty quick to look and say, Hey, and you know, we'll explain to the customer, Hey, you know, here, here's why, unfortunately, we can't take it. And, um, and or vehicles that have heavy modifications. I mean, it, <laughs> we just talked about some of the exotics and, and so on. But, you know, there's plenty of customers that will come through with modified body kits that are aftermarket accessories that, you know, we'll, we'll go and just kind of pull that customer out and say, hey, look, you know, this is not something that we can be responsible for and or not you know, not, not advise you to go through the wash and, and, and go from there. So yeah, it's, it's not, it's not something that is a, a great percentage, but you know, if it's, if it's, you know, one out of a thousand cars, it definitely, it definitely is something the team is trained to deal with. Interesting. That's interesting. Uh, my guest is Christian Seam is the chief stores officer of spotless brands. You might know them as cobblestone, Oki express flagship and ultimate shine here in Colorado. We're pretty unique. It's different than some of the Eastern coast States that w during the uh, winter months, you could see snow all the time and they have that goop all the time. And not all the car washes will be open, but out here we get, even in January, you know, it'll be 50 degrees for a week. And, and so it, we have a chance for the snow to melt and, and every 
everybody rushes to the car washes to get all that goop off the car. And, and it's it's a good idea, but then again, you also have to mix the cold air and a warm car and warm water and uh, maybe a cold windshield. So how, how do you guys deal with those kind of challenges? Because there has to be some kind of a, uh, a challenge with, with mixing cold cars and, and cold air and warm water. I think... I think, Jason, everybody has seen those old YouTube videos where, you know, somebody said, I have a great idea. Um, I've got all this frost on my windshield. Let me go in and let me boil some water and throw it on the windshield. And all of a sudden it cracks. Oh, what have I done? Right. We've all seen those videos. Oh, my God, that's a terrible idea. So, you know, the short answer for us is, you know, we don't we don't see or have those challenges in sites that do heat the water and it is only warmed up to about 70 degrees. And, and look, um, you know, anybody that's jumped into a, a lake, um, in, <laughs> in the, in the, in the dead of summer and the, in the water, 70 degrees doesn't take long for hypothermia to set in. Right. Most of our sites do not warm the water that's used in the wash. It is used at its ambient temperature. And, you know, when you think about, windshield design and and knowing that that automotive glass is laminated in a multi-step process it's reinforced this does not harm that glass it is probably goes without saying but i'll say it not recommended to ever put hot or boiling water yeah on your windshield in cold weather or any auto glass for that matter right but <laughs> when comes you know any, any type of a customer will come to our locations jason um, in that cold weather environment that you described, they certainly don't need to worry about this as being a challenge when they, they visit any of the spotless car washes. I think the biggest challenge I have is during the wintertime, and, and I, I don't know if you spend any time here in Colorado, but anywhere that's shaded, even in the wintertime, it could be if 30 degrees is actually fairly warm. 40 degrees is fairly warm here because the air is so dry. But if you have the shaded areas uh, that, that you still see snow, and then on the other side of the street, it's totally melted. And you're actually sunning yourself. It's, it's just the weirdest thing. <laughs> But it, it, in a car wash situation, one side of the car wash that's in the sun, it's nice and warm. But at the exit, which is in the shade, then it's all full of ice as you're as you're leaving the car wash. There, there has to be some unique challenges like that in some parts of the country. There is, and look, without without heating the water to any significant degree, right? There, there's in the design of of those colder weather sites, everything from radiant heating in the tunnels, air doors to help make sure that the warm air stays in that tunnel, in that environment, um, and radiant heated uh, driveways and parking lots to ensure that, you know, we're providing the customer the ability to get out of their car and use those vacuums without worrying about, you know, slipping or falling. Um, these are all different considerations that are taken into account, um, you know, when we're standing up these locations, either from, you know, ground up or, or we took over a, an existing car wash we will constantly make improvements and, and uh, you know, to that process. But what, what I will reference back to your, your comment, how it's, it's like sunny across the street and then it's cold on the other side and just wait an hour and it'll, it'll change. <laughs> it's, it's, a great, it's a great market in the example of Colorado for that reason, right? Because it, it offers, um, you know, uh, again, customers, you know, the, the ability or the agility to clean in, in a multitude of different places with a lot of different options. Um, and Colorado has has been really a, an exceptional market for us for for a lot of those reasons. How fast is that air coming out of those blowers? Is it, is it like hurricane force, one hundred and twenty? Or <laughs> I, I mean, it, it seems like it works okay, but I, I kind of wish it would give me more time under the blower to dry more of the the water off. 
It's true. Uh, you don't want to be that that kid that you know sticks their head out the window and, and lets the, the wind blow their cheeks out. You definitely don't want to do that under any of our blowers. Our blowers typically move about 4,800 cubic feet of air per minute. They're running about 190-plus miles an hour. In any of our locations, Jason, typically have anywhere between 12 to 14-plus blower units across a variety of different uh, different arches. So, um, again, for us, you know, we, we want to make sure that we are – providing that options up to and including where you know we'll go in and build locations or take over locations and and to your point we will typically add in some cases double the number of blowers from what uh, an existing operator had and in some cases you know we're drawing you know more power than than the location was originally built for so that we'll we'll actually have to go and do you know a power up you know, with our local electric utility, but that's how serious we take ensuring that we have a consistently clean and dry car um, delivered to that customer and not, you know, not encroach on the consistency of that customer's experience. So we, we take it very seriously. There you go. Uh, you probably get a free lifetime supply of car washes, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, when I grow up, yeah. I want to be in the car wash space, buddy. Go. So I'm, uh, I'm living the dream. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it really is. Listen, you know, customers, they, they really rally around, you know, our teams. Um, there's a lot of connections that are made on, on, you know, not, not just kind of that way, but on, even on a personal level, Hey, it's great to see you again, Jason, you know, um, you know, wow, cars looking fantastic. You know, again, there's, there's, there's a lot to be said in kind of that relationship with the car wash that you count on. And for us, we take it very seriously. Again, it's the consistency of experience for that customer. It's the, you know, consistency experience for, for our team members, right, um, that are delivering that um, and ensuring that that bar is always raised. We are probably our harshest critic, Jason, in, in the scheme of things. But it, uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot nicer to deal with a happy customer that comes in and, and drives out with a really clean car as opposed to past life, I mentioned, where there's not a lot of people that plan on their car breaking down and and even less that have a ton of money stashed away just for that rainy day right. when uh, you know they, they need a new fuel pump. So it's uh, it's a lot it's a lot more fun of a business to be involved in. Most definitely, Christian Seam, Chief Stores Officer for Spotless Brands. You might know him as Cobblestone, Oki Express, Flagship, and Ultimate Shine. Thanks a lot for answering all my silly questions. All the best, and I'm sure you're going to be seeing me at your new car wash here in Castle Pines as soon as it's finished. I will absolutely ensure that you are part of the grand opening celebration, oh, Jason. I've really, really appreciated this time, and uh, and certainly, uh, you know, any other additional uh, opportunities would love to to reconnect. But uh, thanks so much. This has been a lot of fun. Again, you can find them at spotlessbrands.com, and they have uh, stores all over the country. Uh, th that was without a doubt, I must say, one of the most interesting <laughs> interviews I have ever been a part of. I, I never knew there was so much to know about the car wash business and, and and it's just it was fascinating all parts of it were fascinating and, and it's funny that a guy uh who is uh, a car wash guy isn't getting his car washed constantly <laughs> like someone asking me hey why don't you go watch tv all day uh no actually i don't um <laughs> they uh, i don't even watch tv while i'm on it um and there are times i drive home in silence because i've been listening to tv too much so <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Uh, if you have any suggestions for uh, another transportation-related business, uh, then uh, and, and even if you don't think it's transportation-related, send it my way, and, and we'll see if I can get it here on the show. And uh, you can just go ahead and contact me on all the contact links in the description of this program, including WhatsApp for you overseas listeners. 
All right, thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.